The blunderbuss is back. Yes, Australia's most popular bus on which to discuss leadership failure is back in action. The bus has been in the garage getting turbocharged and now back in action for season six. Once again, we'll be driving all over Australia, meeting some fantastic leaders who will share some painfully honest stories about their moments of failure and what they've learned. The Blunderbuss has been downloaded over 6,000 times, making it the world's most popular podcast about leadership failure recorded on a bus. You probably worked out by now that the magic secret when it comes to failure is the ability to reflect on mistakes and learn. And that's what I do in my work as a pastoral supervisor, which I do through my organizational organization generation leadership. If you're looking for a pastoral supervisor to help you reflect on your work and ministry practice, I currently have some openings. So go to my website, generationleadership.com.au to find out more. I'd love to work with you and provide a safe space to reflect on what you're currently doing and what you can learn. So check it out. So today, Today, the Blunderbuss has driven to Springfield near Ipswich to talk with Liam Glover, who for the last 10 years has been the Executive Director of Arrow Leadership Australia and who is a Bungalong man from the Northern Rivers of New South Wales. Liam, greetings. G'day, Ed. It's good to see you. Good to chat. Yeah, good to have you on the bus, Liam. Liam, you are you know, the Executive Director of an organisation, Australia's, you know, one of Australia's leading uh, organizations working with young and emerging leaders. You're all about leadership development. Have you ever made a leadership mistake? Uh, yes, there would be a big list, Ed, uh, and I'd probably need to sort of have a Dropbox file to be able to send you all the mistakes that I've, I've managed. <laughs> the to Dropbox file. Years. We've yeah, never yeah, had yeah, a Dropbox yeah. file. Before. I, I couldn't That's email good. it to you. It'd kill the email system. It'd be sort of <laughs> have to be a link to the Dropbox uh, for you to be able to access that because it's okay. Uh, okay. Crazy well. If we uh, if we open up the Dropbox file and folder and uh, and pull out one, what's uh, what do we want to talk about today? Ah, uh, look, one that uh, often trips me up, uh, and you'd think I'd be learning. No, I am learning, just uh, not as quickly as I perhaps would like. Is the fact that I I'm a leader who recognizes and maybe embraces uh, loosely the fact that I've been diagnosed with ADHD, uh, attention deficit hyperactive disorder. So. Um, that can be seen as a good thing or as a bad thing, but that certainly has caused me to trip a few times uh, in my leadership over the years, uh, mm. in my current context as well as previous contexts. Yeah. So, Liam, why don't we start here? You know that we're all on the same page. Tell us about ADHD. Yeah. So basically, uh, ADHD uh, in children and in adults presents where you have limited ability to focus for longer periods. Uh, so, you know, uh, as a student, as kids at school, they get agitated or, or they get distracted very easily. And that often spills out into annoying the students around them. And they then often get sent out of class because they're causing disruptive uh, mm. behavior in the classroom. Right. So what that translates then for me in an adult, if I'm in a meeting that's going for more than, say, 40 minutes, I start to get agitated. I can feel myself getting uh, getting stirred up. It makes it really tricky to remain focused, to be brutally honest, in board meetings. Uh, that's a really tough gig for me. <laughs> well, you're not <laughs> Robinson Crusoe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just like, they, like, yeah, I've got to really find some some strategies to keep myself focused with that. Uh, I, I do regulate, like people talk about having developing strategies for kids to have regulation. I actually have to regulate as well, and I, I do have strategies in place to help me to help me do that. Um, another thing that I find with ADHD is that I'm always thinking about four different things at once. So whilst we're having a combination now, I'm thinking about 
maybe coffee, when, when I'm going to get my next coffee, that's an important part of my world. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm thinking about what other ADHD mistakes that I've made that I actually haven't thought about now and other other ones. So there's always things running in parallel uh, in my mind. So when I interact with people, sometimes I feel they, they sense that I'm a little bit edgy or, uh, or, or some like distracted or not interested, disinterested in, in some ways. Uh, but the reality is I'm hugely interested, mm. but I'm just getting sort of caught up in my mind as to, you know, all these things running. running. So you have a busy mind. mind in a way. Yes, yes, very busy mind. Uh, so, uh, yeah, when I'm awake, it's firing 110% uh, at, um, you know, 1,200 megahertz. And then when I get asleep, I sort of hit the bed and then I'm gone. I'm sort of out of action very quickly. So. Yeah, right. Okay. So, Liam, this is this is you. This is who you are as, as yes. a person. And, you know, we're thinking about leadership failure and having ADHD is not is not leadership failure, right? It's just one of the things that we all deal with, right? We all deal with yes. our own particular personalities and, you know, challenges and all that kind of thing. So what comes out of this for you? Yeah, the downside to that is uh, I can I have found myself forcing an agenda at a speed that others cannot appropriate. So I can see a way forward, and uh, they say if you want to go on a journey quickly, go go alone. But if you want to go sustainably, go with others. And uh, for me, I'm a big fan of of others, you know, being part of it. There's a there's a character in the movie Up. Um, it's a mm-hmm. dog, and he's, the dog's <laughs> name is Doug. Uh, <laughs> And and I love Doug uh, uh, because he, he reminds me of me. So he says to to Grandpa, uh, uh, "I've only just met you, but I'm already your friend. We are friends already." And then he's chatting away, and he goes squirrel, and sort of looks away to the left because he saw something. And that's exactly what I'm like. Like I meet people, and I'm instantly in love with them, and I just love being in a relationship and hearing what God's up to in the world and all that sort of jazz. And at the same time. I'll, I'll see something on the right-hand side and go, oh, squirrel, what's that? And then, they, they, so yes, I'm deeply endeared to this conversation, but I'm also looking at other squirrels that are running around. Okay. Uh, and so so that can undermine people's sense of being heard uh, yes. when you're in conversations. When I'm in meetings, they'll be talking about something that sometimes can be serious and I'm thinking about something else and the regulation part for me is not actually articulating that. If I aspirate what's in my head, People will think that I'm off my meds, not that I'm on meds, but they'll just they'll process it. Go, Whoa, what is going on in your mind at the moment? Because I'll introduce other topics in into the conversation that aren't really connected to to what's happening in real time in those particular meetings. So, Liam, yeah. I, it's interesting because I know you to be a person who is highly committed to working with with teams and highly committed to collaboration. And uh, I've seen you as a team leader, and you know you're a great team. Leader, so I get that real sense in you, and then I get these others. You know, the the impact of this um, kind of undermining that in some way, and I wonder whether there's not quite some frustration for you internally around some of this stuff. Uh, look, there is, I, and and I need to. Uh, one of my regulation strategies is to do exercise. That actually burns a lot of my uh, built up energy. So I've got to exercise every day, otherwise I'm totally off the charts. Um, I, I very early in you know, in any teams that I've been working in, I say to them, look, I've, I've got to let you know I've got ADHD. So that means that I'll be bouncing around a bit. It means that I will have a task that's sort of 70, 80% done. In my mind, that's done. Like I'm not, I'm not applying any more effort to that. Um, it means that I need you to help me to remain focused and be on task. Uh, it means I need you to allow me to 
come up with some crazy ideas because it might be those crazy ideas that help us move forward as a team or as an organisation. So uh, calling that out and declaring that early has helped frame our meetings and they'll sort of have often have a bit of a chuckle when I say something that sort of takes us off towards a squirrel and squirrels are amazing animals, just by the way. Um, if we shoot down the path down towards a squirrel, they'll go, okay, Liam's just doing his thing and he'll come back to us, you know, pretty soon. Sometimes I need some intervention to bring me back, but other times they allow me to sort of make my own way back to the topic of conversation. But they've realised that that's part of who I am and then in some ways that brings a sense of joy and, and um, I guess, uh, commitment around what we're trying to, to do. So that's but interesting, Liam, that what you do in, in sharing about that and actually inviting them to hold you accountable is that you create uh, potentially very vulnerable uh, teams, really, because you're saying, you know, I need you to help me with these things and this is what I'm going to do. And, uh, yeah, you make yourself pretty vulnerable at that point. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, I try and live. Uh, honestly and transparently, um, there's a book written by John Altberg, uh, the, whose title, which title is "Everybody's Normal Until You Get to Know Them." And uh, <laughs> I just believe, like we all want to sort of pretend that we're sort of all squared away and semi semi okay. But as you push through the veneer, you realise actually there's some things that aren't quite firing, and we're all like that. Yeah. And I think as soon as we can own the fact that we're all sort of you know working at our salvation with fear and trembling, we're all trying to sort ourselves out yeah. in partnership with God, of course. Um, you know, the easier it is for us to be to be honest and and work productively together. Uh, yeah, yeah. We can yeah. Sort of get a bit well, it's interesting. It, it seems like potentially that that makes a challenge a real opportunity, really. Uh, well, do. that's that's I, I I am an optimistic processor, and uh, I've done Enneagram, and part of all that whole framing is that I very rarely spend time on negative thinking. I mean, well, let's just convert that into positive thinking. Let's think about a new way of thinking about that rather than seeing it as a bad thing. Maybe it's actually a positive thing, and and we can, you know, reframe what we're what we're doing. So, yeah, I try and harness the energy that might be not so helpful to push it towards something that may be more helpful. So, Lim, is there been a time where you can identify a fairly specific kind of implication or you know example of of this? Like, was there a particular time when this? Uh, impacted negatively on your leadership ability or, or on your team? Yeah, there was uh, this uh, bucket load from which to choose, one that pumps into my mind straight away. It's back when I had hair, uh, so <laughs> a few years ago now. <laughs> uh, Sadly, we're not doing this on video, but that's uh, right. we invite morning. our listeners uh, to uh, imagine. That's right. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I'm follically challenged uh, is a nice way of saying it. Um, so uh, I was in a meeting and I was sort of, coming up with ideas and doing this and really firing off and not, not in an aggressive way, but just really coming up because it was a sort of ideas meeting. And uh, I had sort of processed a lot of the data and I'd come to a solution, I'd worked through all the options. And in my mind, in that space of time, come up with a solution. And I was there with my supervisor and she pulled me aside and said, Liam, um, the way you behaved then, whilst it was full of energy and great, you were like a fighter pilot. You came into the meeting and you blasted away, found a, a way forward, sorted the problem out and moved on. And there's all this collateral damage that you've left behind. Because Smoking of ruin left behind. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's right. And I know I've heard you share about, uh, Ed, you know, the wake that we leave as leaders. Yeah. And that's not the wake I want to leave. I don't want to leave all this collateral damage <laughs> left behind because that's just not a good look. Um, um so, so I know when she said it, it's like, oh man, I did a psychic psychometric assessment when I was at uni, 
and around where I, who I am and where I should serve or work. <clears throat> and they said, Liam, the way you are designed, you either should be a fighter pilot, a company director, uh, or a barrister. They're the, you know, the three jobs that you should do because you're able to process information quickly and come up with a solution in a very short space of time. Uh, and that's what you know, that skill set you know, really demands, demands of you. So in some ways it was like you know, she's calling out what this you know, guy said a few years ago about where my skill set lies, but everything you shine brightly and has a shadow to it, and that was the shadow coming out in that, in that meeting where I realised, man, I've got to just watch myself because I'm, I'm hurting people unintentionally. Yeah. I'm thinking these are, these are great ideas, like get around yeah. it. And they probably, they probably are. They probably are great. Yeah, and, that, and that's a thing, but, but I can't, can't sort of sacrifice community or relationships on, on the altar of good ideas. And, and that's, that's what I felt uh, I, was, I was doing. And so I realised, and that was quite a significant moment for me because I realised as I approach meetings now, whilst I, in my mind, I've got all these ideas, I actually have to be very intentional in leaning back from me sort of vomiting all over people with my ideas so that they're safe uh, and they feel there's a, a, a healthy environment where they can contribute to the outcome as well. You know, one of the things I often say is people have passion for the things they create. And so in a team meeting, if people are coming with the ideas and they have ownership of that idea rather than it being in my idea and you, you help me with my idea, they actually get around our idea, which means it's, um, I think, sustainable. and sort of- Liam, it strikes me that um, this is something that you learn with age, you know, what you just described then. Any advice for maybe younger leaders who might have ADHD or some other kind of related, you know, condition? Yeah, look, anything which, which causes you to be distractible uh, or distracting, um, I would encourage people to make sure they they recognise that and don't don't be embarrassed by it and try to hide it, but embrace it and put strategies in place to regulate and manage. That's a really yeah. important thing. I think uh, we have to be able to function as adults with ADHD just as much. We want our kids to function with ADHD without having to have drugs. Um, so you know, I'm a big fan of trying to harness that energy that exists. Okay. That's the first thing. Second thing would be to make sure you're in a relationship with a mentor coach, spiritual director, you, whoever, who helps you critically reflect on experiences so you yeah. actually become a learning person. Uh, we can't just say, oh, that's just who I am. I'm just not a big fan. I think God is calling us to live a life that where we reflect with increasing glory his image. And I don't think Jesus is in the business of causing sort of damage to people and we yeah. can say, oh, that's just who I am. I'm sorry about that. I think God wants us to become more like him. So helping somebody, having somebody in your life that helps you with that, you know, to throw off those things that so easily entangle and sin. Some of those things are just stuff in our life that we need to toss off and, and having yeah. someone with, walk alongside with us in that is, is really helpful. And that's been really helpful for me. I've had mentors throughout my my time as leaders where, where they would be very different from me and they would offer a very different perspective. Yeah, like I didn't want to get a mentor like me. I want to get someone who's almost the opposite of me yeah, right. help see a different version of me and a different angle of things that I would otherwise see. So, yeah, I, I'd encourage that as well. That's fantastic, Liam. I, I, I noticed, you know, these days there's a lot of people writing really good stuff around, you know, things like solitude and silence, spiritual disciplines, all those sorts of things. Um, I wonder what that's like, like for you. You know, for someone with a busy brain, um, what's it like to be, you know, seek after solitude and silence or whatever? How's that play out? Yeah, so two significant moments in my uh, uh, faith exploration and understanding and integration. 
One was uh, just started church planting, and I realised I better get to know around the Bible. So I, I did a subject called spiritual formation at um, Brisbane School of Theology (BST) here, and uh, they were talking about this idea of having a rule for living, and that was just yeah. revolutionary. Where it just established a framework because it gave me a a strategy of regulating my energy. So I wrote down all the things that I would do in order to develop uh, as a faith person. So that was uh, in the late 90s. And then in um, 2008, I sat under the teaching of uh, Dallas Willard and I just wow. read Divine Conspiracy, and that was just incredible. And he challenged say, challenged the group, me included, around this idea of silence and solitude, how that is just a foundational spiritual discipline. And so I then went back and said, man, if this is critical for me becoming like Jesus, I'm going to integrate that into my life. So uh, from that time, I committed to getting up at four o'clock in the morning and just being silent and solitude uh, to hear from God. And initially, it was really hard. I had a piece of paper and I'd write down all the things that were zipping in my brain. But as over the years, I got, I sort of developed that. I realised that I could actually sit still in the presence of God, you know, do some lectio maybe over scripture. And sometimes right. I wouldn't do that. I would just sit there and and just see what God might be whispering into my heart. Uh, so. Whilst as frenetic as I might present in meetings and, you know, in worship services when I'm worshipping, I get a bit sort of, um, uh, you know, very active. Uh, the, the, the reason for that or one of the abilities, I think one of the realities of my world is that I think I can express my faith that way is because of the foundational work that's happened earlier yeah. in the morning uh, where I am sitting in silence and solitude. Uh, yeah, so I, at, I think it's really important. At 4 a.m., Liam. At 4 a.m., yes, 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 that's right. Man, uh, okay. So, wow. Yeah, it's, um, okay, it's quite... Liam, I'm, I'm in shock, um, although I've seen you do it. So final question, Liam, what do you learn, what have you learned about leadership failure? What do you think about failure and leadership? Uh, so personally and observationally, uh, I would say two things. I think we learn the most as leaders through failure. I think that when we ourselves have failed, we have the greatest propensity to apply that learning to our current and future contexts. And so uh, we need to be very intentional about integrating that reality. Uh, that's the first thing. Uh, and the second thing is uh, I won't say normalising failure is okay, but we need to be aware that God works in us through that failure. So don't, don't be embarrassed or shy away from failure, but allow that failure to have light and to and critically reflect on what's happened in order to integrate new patterns of behaviour so you can make some new mistakes. Uh, and, and I would encourage us as a learning community in whatever community you find yourself in, that would actually share those mistakes with other people so they can learn from you as well. Otherwise, we become, every time, a new generation which are doing the same things as the previous generation. We have to be a growing and developing organisation, developing community where we don't need to make those mistakes again because we've learnt from our others around us that we don't need to do those things. So that would be the two. Thanks to Liam Glover for sharing about his leadership journey and what he has learned. And thanks for you to for being part of the Blunderbuss journey. Uh, I'd love it if you would subscribe and rate the Blunderbuss. It actually helps more people know about it. 
And thanks to our listeners in all parts of the world. Big shout out to you. So go to our website at www.generationleadership.com.au to find out more about pastoral supervision. And I'll see you next time on The Blunderbuss. Mm-hmm.